It feels weird to ask you how it's going anymore. Because um, it's like we know and we don't know, you know? It's true. It's also true that, like, because I keep feeling like I'm in a simulation of reality, um, I can't tell if I've just said the same thing, like, 40 times, like an episode of Russian Doll. You know, mm-hmm. like, if somebody keeps, like, saying, hey, how are you? And then I'm like, what's real what's not real like you know yeah <laughs> there's what a concept <laughs> yeah like what day is it today is mon monday yeah it's monday yeah mundane monday yeah it feels weird it's also like i've been primarily only talking to jenny for the last like two two weeks you know like i, I text with my friends and like i've facetimed a couple and called them but I think that I'm used to relaying the same story to like five different people. But what ends up happening is Jenny's like, you told me this like yesterday. And I'm like, really? Was that, was that you? And she's like, yeah, I'm like the only person you talk to. Um, yeah. My fucking- you're like, it's a, you're like in a, you're like in a lesbian novel about like the desert. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, yeah. They went out there to find themselves, but instead they lost track of themselves. I mean, I certainly lost track of like time and reality and um, just like what's possible in the world, I think. But, mm-hmm. but I also don't know that being anywhere else would give me those things. Right yeah. Now, you know. Um, but like people out here definitely uh they're on a different vibe, man. It's what vibe are they on? Where are you, Rose? Tell the people. I mean I moved to northern New Mexico, uh to like a tiny, tiny little town in like a little mountain farming valley. I'm at the end of like a mile and a half gravel road. There is um BLM land, which is Bureau of Land Management, not Black Lives Matter, which uh, is confusing um, for people, which I understand, Um, right up against our property. So there's like hiking, there's a few big like farm fields, there's just like horses and prairie dogs and woodpeckers and magpies and hummingbirds and not very many people. But the people that I've met are very friendly and very strange. what, what I mean, you of all people calling someone very strange, I'm imagining they must be like exceptionally strange. Is that so? I mean, it's just characters. It's really like there's this guy who lives two doors down who runs the dump. His name is Tommy. Mm-hmm. When he found out we were neighbors, he tried to give me a hug. And I was like, we are in a pandemic, but I will shake your gloved hand, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose. I suppose. And so he told, you know, he's telling us about how he makes his own horse saddles uh, the dump is like not really labeled. You can't find anything on a GPS. You just have to kind of like drive around till you find it. So mm-hmm. it's like the dump. We found the dump because it's on old dump road. And it's like there's yeah, old dump road. Yeah. There's like some weird little like shanty shacks. And that's like where you put your cardboard. Uh, huh. They have like a free pile. Tommy takes um, like little like knotted pieces of wood and paints them to look like gnomes. And we found this out because as we were leaving, he knocked on the car window and then just stuck this weird gnarled piece of wood in the window. And then I realized that it 
had a face painted on the one bulbous end and then had like a little green hat. Was he giving you a little gift? No, he just wanted us to say hi to it. Uh-huh. So, okay. Like, so that happened. And then <laughs> we went to the co-op. Um, and next door, there was this place that was like, I'm a secondhand store. So we're like, sweet, let's go in here. Woman at the front, very chatty. We started talking. Her name is Susan. She told me about all these jobs she could get me. She also told me there's a lot of really sneaky people that I have to be careful about. She told me three different places to get firewood. And then she asked if I ate fish. And she was like, I go fishing all the time. Give me your phone number. I'm going to give you some trout. I didn't that sounds think- great. But can you tell me more about the sneaky people? I mean, basically, so... <laughs> She didn't tell me a lot there, but she basically was like, people are going to try to rob you and take advantage of you because you're a gringo. So, like, be careful about, like, who you're buying firewood from. Don't tell people where you live. But you know that thing, you know that scene in Labyrinth where there's, like, the two guys who are like, one of us always tells the truth and one of us always lies. And you're like, well, then you're actually both lying. So there was, like, this weird moment where I was like, is Susan setting me up or is, like, she actually looking out for me? Like, and I got like very warped and freaked out about it. Um, you think that Susan was, uh, Susan was like trying to tell you that she's going to be the one who tricks you? That's is that what, what I, you're saying? I mean, I don't know. And like, there, she has like a little bit of like Ursula the Sea Witch vibes, but like a little friendlier. Um, That's kind of hot. It, yeah, she's kind of cool. So I ended up meeting up with Susan and her sister today. And her sister, I think, is a dyke. She was wearing a really cool real tree shirt. And then they reiterated to me about the sneaky people and how I had to lock all my tools up. And then they're like, you do yard work? You can come pick apples at my house. And I was like, well, I don't know if I need to come pick apples at your house. Like, let's see here. Were they um, human white? They were white passing, but I think that they are Spanish speaking. But I have no idea. You know what I mean? I've met this lady twice. Do you, did you worry that maybe the story of the sneaky people was actually just like a lot of like racist fodder? Yes and no. Like, I'm always curious and a little questioning, you know what I mean? But I also do know that, like, it's the poorest state in the Union, and we know that where people are less resourced, there tends to be, like, more crimes of desperation, right? Like, nonviolent necessity crimes. So, like, and I, like, I wouldn't be surprised at, like, small burglaries happening, but, like, you know what I mean? But, um... Yeah, I don't know what to think about these uh, two old broads. But now they know where I live, and they gave me trout fillets. So hopefully they don't murder me. I asked them, too. I was like, wait, are you going to rob me? And they're like, we have too much stuff. You can come rob us, though. And I was like, this is really weird. And they're like, stay that suspicious. Like it's good. Sexual. Like, that sounds like like a like a pseudo, like a like a lesbian proxy exchange. Like, it you can come rob them. kind of was. They're, like, in their 60s. It was, like, it's just been a very surreal experience. And I've, like, met a lot of... Not a lot, because there's not that many people here, but I've met, like, 12 real characters. Um, did you have some of the trout fillets? They were exchanged today at the post office, which is a trailer, which is open from 8 a.m. to 12 noon, and that's it. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm going to have them for dinner. I'll let you know how they are. I would love to know how your trout fillets are. I'm going to pan serum with, like, some butter and lemon, I think. It's going to be great. Yeah, are you going to use any herbs, just butter and lemon? I'm probably going to put a little thyme on there. Maybe some dill. I don't know. I think thyme will be better with trout. I've never made my own trout. Have you? 
No, my trout's always been made by God. God's made trout for you? (laughs) (laughs) Let go and let God make you trout? God made trout for everybody. God made. (laughs) Is this just like how adult your brain is now? Mine is too. Yeah, I feel. I'm saying that like, it's like you're saying made trout as opposed to like cooked trout. Oh, okay. And like God made trout. So So it's actually like you that is not picking up a really clear line. (laughs) That's a very like sad dad pun. That's bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why you didn't see it coming in back. I don't either. But I don't know. That's how, that's what's been happening. And, you know, just been dealing with moving and settling in. (laughs) I built some desks today. I shoved a lot of lumber into a Subaru, or not a Subaru, a Saturn sedan. Yeah, I mean, that also sounds like you're saying something gay. Um, I'm not not. It also sounds very Virgo of you to talk about the lumber you shoved into a sedan. I mean, I think it was pretty impressive, and I kind of can't believe nobody's been impressed by it yet, which is also, I feel like, a very Virgo sentiment. Like... (laughs) fucking did this shit i I think what would have been valuable is if you had like a before and after photo like if you had a photo of stuff in the car and then you had a photo of like the desks you made or whatever you know and then you're like the photo i took was bad and i had already taken the chop saw out so like wasn't as cool there just wasn't enough information about your feet you know the feet was to be imagined mm. and our imaginations are depleted because um we're living in a collective trauma me what right mass hickory deck don't even say the real word it's so fucked up it's so fucked up yeah 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 what uh what have you been doing since i i left you what have I been doing? I mean, do my readers need to know what I've been doing? I was recently, I was, um, <laughs> I took some mushroom. Well, recently I took some drugs with a friend and then those drugs didn't work. I guess they were like a little too old. I didn't know that the chemicals could get old, but that's fine. Uh. So then, so then we took some mushrooms and, but the beach was so cold that, um, we couldn't even really feel the mushrooms, you know, because oh, sh- cold and then we were like snuggling together which is like a journey because we've already been potted for this whole time but in that way where we just share a room but we don't really like we're still like scared to be touching even though it's like all mental at this point like what's the the same yeah yeah um but we were just like i was just big spooning her and then she was just like she she started to ask me what I do when I'm not working, and just before she could even end, like end her sentence, I was like nothing, just nothing. <laughs> 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 I mean, I could pretend that it's something. I think there's a lot of shit that feels like work. Like I have a lot of projects that um, I'm trying to get up off the ground, or I'm working behind the scenes on that yeah. like aren't moneyed, you know, or like don't pay me anything, right? So it's like I've been working on this website with a team called Queer Healers. Mm-hmm. Um, which is about like getting uh, basically getting like all kinds of alternative medicine, queer healers onto one directory so that people could just access it. And I think it's actually even more extremely useful now because you can get all these virtual sessions from people that you would yeah. never hear from because they're like outside of your near community. But like what we've all had so far to find people who will do everything from 
tarot to massage to like acupressure to like you know guided like body work and somatic ritual which you can do virtually etc like and every way like we've only been able to really find people either like through Facebook groups and like most of us are leaving Facebook Mm -hmm. or like on the other hand, which, and they rarely get updated. Um, Or through Instagram where so much of it is based on like your branding rather than like people's experience with you. Like there's no spot for like testimonials or reviews. So it's like, if you have a lot of followers, it's supposed to make people feel that like you're you're going to like help them, Mm. but you can just be like really like normative looking and like rich, (laughs) you know? Yeah. You could not even need your healing business and just be doing it as a vanity project and being really harmful in the community. (laughs) I mean, yeah. You know, and like our job is like, you know, like I think that as a directory, like our job is to, if somebody comes to us and wants to put a profile up or whatever, like our job is to ask them for like two testimonials to even put one up. But after that, like their reviews will be the things that like make people choose them. Right. Yeah. So it's not just like, let me look through your page and like find out like if you got the Teflar bag and like, you know what I mean? Like there's gotta be something else that, um, something else at play and like I think that there's just so much commercialization too that's happening to like the healing community Um, we wanted to bring it back right and we wanted to um, install a reparative model so that people could also like possibly contribute or like donate to a bank that would like provide free healing codes um, sessions for black people and people of color Um, so I think that like yeah, it's just like, you know, I, I work, I've been working on it or like doing a lot of data stuff for it. Um, but that's, that's still work, you know, yes. <laughs> but the moment that I'm not like to doing, I actually just have to kind of leave my body, yeah, <laughs> you know, that makes sense. this world is so, uh, unbelievable. It's, it's yeah. I mean, entirely believable, but also like, I think what's unbelievable to me is not the harm that's happening. Like that's painful. So it's believable to me that, you know, that so much of the West coast is on fire right now. That's believable to me, you know, like it's believable to me that like once again, all of the, all of everybody I've ever met is trying to talk about voting with me as if it's real. Um, <laughs> it's believable to me, like that people are like, oh, <laughs> not, like what, you know, again today, like a black person has been murdered, so vote. And I'm like, what? Like for yeah, Kamala? Like what is happening? You know, that like, that you're combining these two ideas into one, you know, and like negating one with the other. Many people I hear sort of being in disbelief about the state of the world. And, and the state of the world in terms of its chaos is something that I have accepted or surrendered to because I understand like that. Yes. Like that's, this has been happening for a long time in building what's harder to accept. And so painful to witness is like people's complete acceptance of like violence as normative. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, as like fine as like, it's just going to happen as like, well, we just got to do what we can within the systems we've got. Um, 
that to me is the moment where reality starts to break apart because you're just like what what is what does it mean right for like for us to like just keep pushing deadlines and like <laughs> like writing and and working for our corporate jobs you know like yeah when half of the country is legitimately on fire and there's like a, a raging virus <laughs> like just yeah. sweeping just like what is what is the joke that like because <laughs> i'm not getting it you know <laughs> yeah I, I think on that same note for me what which i think you touched on a little bit what's hard is um is the performative outrage and surprise the mm-hmm. inability to to pull a thread and trace it back you know like mm-hmm. the the like how did we end up here it's all because we didn't elect hillary clinton and you're like ah like no that's not like no <laughs> you know wildly what if i were to tell you that we did elect her what would you say then <laughs> i don't write that's, that's also about voting <laughs> but let's let's blame jill stein you know yeah or like let's get mad at like susan sarandon right now or like I mean, some anarchist punk who doesn't vote when it's like you know remember when like people earned votes also like yeah. if you want people to vote make them actually believe that it makes a difference like Right now, corporations run our country and most of the world. It's true. And it's just like, I feel like people just keep acting like the Electoral College and gerrymandering doesn't exist. Yeah. They're just like, they're like, dude, 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 vote. And I'm like, what about this prison population you wouldn't free up? And now they're mm-hmm. all about to die because like you wanted the votes to count for the state. Yeah. About that, buddy. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, you know, like I'll vote. Like I have access to voting. Like there's lots of, you know, like marginalized, like, obstacles that i don't have to face to get to the voting booth or whatever with my mask on like cool i'll do it but don't talk to me about it like i don't want to hear about your pitch you know (laughs) i will vote because it's the least i can do but like i need you to recognize that it's literally the least we can all do and if like your direct action starts and ends on november 3rd like what are you doing buddy I just, I I get really, it's like I've had people, especially because I just have like a slightly larger reach, like try to send me things to like circulate, (laughs) like vote or stuff. And I'm like, I'm not doing this. Like I'll vote. But to be honest with you, there's no one new that you're going to convince. I promise you. Like if somebody doesn't know they shouldn't vote for Trump now, like they're, they, they have, they're on a different, they're in a different reality. Like they're, you know, like yeah. we're not, I'm not going to talk to them from my reality. And like, if somebody is not voting, it's because like there has been no faith in the system and the system hasn't changed. So like me being like, watch this concert with these musicians who are popular talking about voting is not going to change that, you know? No, <laughs> but, but I guess that does bring up the question, like, All of this is predicated on the idea that there is some swath of people who are just waiting for the right person to get through to them, like some swath of like impressionable, undecided electorate. And like, is that real? No. I mean, maybe it's maybe real. Like I think some seventeen-year-olds who are about to turn eighteen. You know. Wait, refresh. Can you re- reframe your question just so that, like, I know that I I know what you're asking. I feel like all of this pressure and grandstanding and um and like the the like get out the vote rock the vote right the the idea that like we needed campaign of organized volunteers 
to sway this alleged group of people who have no idea whether or not they're going to vote or if they want to or who they want to vote for. And like, my question is, these people, like, I understand that a large swath of our population does not vote according to statistics. I'm also like, do those statistics include the 70 million people who are in prison right now? I mean, the prison, they, they won't because those people don't, they don't actually, I mean, there's some changes in certain states and I could be behind on yeah. like my prison information, but for the most part, up until as far as I know, you can't vote if you're incarcerated. Like you, you don't get You can't vote if you're vote. incarcerated and if you're a felon too, you can't vote, right? If you've been convicted yeah. of a felony. Florida so just gave felons back the right. You don't have a vote. Right. But what I'm saying is like, I feel like there's this myth of the undecided voters and that like we must get to them, we must reach them as, as though they don't have access to all of this information, as though it's not a conscious decision that they're making, as though they're just waiting for the right person to call them from a phone number that says scam likely on their phone, most likely. Yeah, I mean, it's complicated. Them. I think that the, I don't know if I if I can answer your question like. You know, I can answer my butt, which is that, like, there's also the sort of um, the remnants of oh, the Obama era when, like, mm. get out the vote became such a big thing um, for Which, him. actually, the, he did, his campaign successfully motivated a lot of young voters. Like, they, they had record numbers, but so did the midterm elections in 2018. Yeah, and I think that, like, one thing that, you know, people really just, like, don't want to see young people evolving, right? So it's, like, this idea that, like, well, we can just, we have to get out the vote again. They've stopped voting. And it's, like, well, actually, they have more information than they've ever had. Like, young people have more access to information. Sure, some of it's fake, some of it's real. But, like, just the amount of access that young people have is way more than ever before. Like, even if you think about social networks, like, when we were teenagers, like, you couldn't get onto Facebook until you were in college. Yeah, You know what I mean? So just like, like these things weren't even available for young people and yeah. now they are, you know? Yeah, well, and like, I also feel so like they, it's a slap in the face for all the young people for the last two elections who have like really organized and rallied around Bernie Sanders. And he has a lot of issues. Speaking of Virgos, he can be really problematic. He's also another old white man, which like is not really the solution, but young people came out in droves for him two elections in a row and were shut down by the establishment. And now you want to tell them that they must come and vote for an even crustier old white man. And I would say like, I mean, first of all, like, and I'm fully engaging with this conversation as a caveat because I want to think about, like, I want to sort of like more widely think about like young people and what drives them and less because I want us to go down a road of like consistently talking about electoral politics because I just generally believe that anybody who wants to run this country is probably a chaos demon um but I will say that the mutable signs you know but I also like (laughs) believe that um you know, people came out of droves for AOC and yeah. because he had her on his campaign. And then you have her being continuously like condescended to and mm-hmm. demeaned in mm-hmm. the political sphere. So it's like they're asking us to respect them. But and they don't us. but they don't respect us because she represents so many of us, you yeah. know, as somebody who's young and like 
also like somebody who does service work, who's done service mm-hmm. work and like, you know, just like also believes that like climate change, like climate justice is like also racial justice. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like somebody who understands the intersections of like all these different violences. And then you have her just like having to teach them not to like call her a fucking bitch. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, as if, like yeah. You know, like, okay, so, and now you want what? Like, you want people to believe this is a real process, you know? Like, a working equal process? It's also, like, the United States government, like, it's a a dirty game. I mean, like, it's it's still, nothing has changed fundamentally, right? Since the foundation of this country, which was founded on genocide and slavery. So, like, how are you going to... How is it all of a sudden going to be like a bright new future for anyone? I feel like it's been fundamentally changing for the worse. Like I'm thinking about all the tech that we have now and that's like, it's like fundamentally changing our humanity and our ability to even comprehend humanity or like archive ourselves in the new way. Yeah. Like, a, so there is a way that we're fundamentally, I think, changing, but it's not for the better. No. <laughs> you know? And I, I think this speaks a little bit to Neptune and Pisces and it speaks to the relationship between Pisces and Virgo, right? Because the internet and social media allows us to create a projection of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we start to identify more with that projection than with our actual day to day. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's this way where like people are codifying and rallying around belief systems and like uh, electoral parties. Right. And, and whatever they say or think or like over identifying with millionaires and billionaires because maybe one day you'll be one instead of realizing that like no you're fucking poor dude like why don't you care about the other poor people why why are you falling over yourself but what i mean to say is the more people identify with that projection the less present they are in their real life and the less present Mm -hmm. they are in their real life the less the less aware they are of the like the identities and the nuances of the people around them and who they interact with. Like the way to change people's hearts and minds, right? That's like a real campaign trail phrase is, mm-hmm. is them actually having personal interactions with people. It doesn't change by them looking at a screen because like for them, their identity is fixed there. It's not fluid. It's not like reacting in like a, in like an actual human way. Does that make sense? Yeah. I also, I was just having a thought too, as you were talking about this Virgo Pisces journey and the over-identification, or it was like, or that's what I was thinking. I was thinking about the way that um, this axis of science really um, hmm, perceives or experiences over-identification as empathy, mm-hmm. um, which is like, one of their, you know, their mystical tools, right? So it's like a Virgo can over-identify and therefore in that way, in the beginning of that kind of process, really become keen on the needs Mm. of another person. Um, But then it sort of leads to a a different level. Yeah. (laughs) Right? And like when you start to over-identify with people as your form of empathy there comes a point when that over-identification gets in the way of you recognizing when, when there's an injustice at play. Mm. I guess I always think of Pisces as, as being the real perpetrators of over-identification and blurring of identity. 
you should watch Virgos in a social group. Okay. <laughs> My experience with Virgos in a social group is that they kind of hang back to the side and observe and then sort people mentally and then mm-hmm. like figure out like, this is who you are and what motivates you and what's wrong with you and what would make you better. These are the edits I would make to your creative (laughs) (laughs) self-expression. Do you feel like you act like that? Mm, uh, I feel like I, when I'm totally new to a group of people or to an environment, I will spend a little bit of time observing and like kind of figuring it, gaming it out. And then I will kind of jump in and and kind of um, play myself. If you mm-hmm. will, there there is this book, Sextrology. Did you ever read that book? No. Mm. I don't know why. It was like the first astrology book that I ever got really into. And me and my friends would read it all the time. But the um, the description of a gay Aquarius woman in it was mm-hmm. that like this kind of like uh, happy clown kind of like um, Pied Piper of lesbians, but also this ability to kind of just like play your personality and uh, manipulate it and what not in like a way where you're actually like that's um, malicious in any way or trying to manipulate other people but a way of performing or playing your personality um, to to please the crowd does that make sense it does it's just interesting to me like obviously you got this from a text but this to me sounds like just like very standard Virgo behavior (laughs) Like Virgo behavior, like arriving in a space, being mutable, figuring out like who, like which self there like is like going to flourish in the space and performing that self like on 10 yeah, and like, you know, and like circulating, being drawn to people who are usually like fixed energy, like being drawn to like intense energy or energy that like feels really like hard mm-hmm. because they're like flowing. Mm-hmm. And, like, getting into those energies and then, like, trying to suss out, like, how to get that person interested in them or getting them to talk to them or, like, what impresses them, right? Because mm. they're, like, really invested in, like, social networking. Yeah. You know, that sounds uh, like Gemini to me, too, which I think it's, like, the mercurial, like, traveling mm-hmm. between worlds and being able the kind of magician vibe, right? It's true, but Geminis can be, like, a little bit, like, cooler, Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they're super nervous and overshare, right? And then retreat. Yeah, yeah. I just think that it's like, maybe, I mean, everyone's got a different angle at it. Yeah. For the most part, I think of, I think of Virgos as somebody, like I, like I, I rarely, I like often met people who think a Gemini is like aloof because they're too cool mm. when actually they're like, like anxious in that yeah. social space yeah. but I rarely I've actually rarely met someone who would like then talk about a Virgo as aloof because they're too cool you yeah. know like yeah I feel like Virgo gives more of like a shy guy vibe if, but they're, if they're not either engaging. they're shy or they're like hey like okay like welcome to the scenario like ah, uh, like I can guide you through it if you like but if not that's cool like whatever like do you need a soda I'll go get that for you yeah. like really like just trying to make the social scene work um, but, but then you also have to wonder how many of those Virgos have like heavy Leo or Libra influence, right? I mean, probably quite a few. Yeah. Okay. Cause everything's a little 
fuzzy, isn't it? Well, you know, it's like if they got, you know, their Venus near mm -hmm. there, like, or the Mercury, I do that labor. Yeah, for sure. Um, how do we get on the journey, the Virgo journey? I mean, we should just stay on the Virgo journey, but how, where did we, where did we, how did we, how did we get here? We were talking about Neptune and Pisces right now and Virgo and the projection and the internet and over identifying with whatever mm -hmm. avatar you've created to the point that you're not really present in your day-to-day -day life. And once, once you're out of that, because social media is so curated and so easily striates us, right? To the point where we are in echo chambers, we start to live under the delusion that everybody actually thinks like us because we are only engaging with people who do, mm -hmm. right? But the fact is like, how many internet arguments have actually changed your mind? I mean, not, I never, I don't even get it. I mean, I haven't gotten into internet argument in a pretty long time. You're pretty good you at what. not feeding the trolls, to be honest. Oh. What are you feeling on Mars retrograde? Have you been feeling it? I've been getting trolled by it like constantly. So, um, <laughs> You know, I was actually, because I have my intercepted Mars life and because mm -hmm. Mars stationed almost on my natal degree, mm -hmm. I would say that I feel happy to slow down a little bit. Oh, yeah. You're just sleeping. That's what's happening. Mars is retrograding and you're just going to sleep. I'm sleeping That's and amazing. I'm working on the house. You know what I mean? But it's like I had, you know, the, there's a cool thing about, you know, Renee, Renee sells in her last or maybe the podcast, but maybe it was her Leo season podcast. She she was talking about how like no transit is good or bad though there are some that are more challenging for sure, but that it's like they are good for things or bad for things, which I really like. So it's like, it's about working with the energy, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, I felt like I was, I was fortunate enough to have like a very external um, like focus for that Mars Aries energy, right? It's like I had mm -hmm. to finish fixing up my apartment, pack it up, pack Jenny's up, fucking rent a, like drive across the country, rent a U-Haul, rent pods, bring it all to our house in the middle of nowhere, drive around in the mountains looking for furniture. Like it was a very, mm -hmm. like very, very like active Mars transit. Like just fucking do it, get it done, keep going. Who cares if you're tired, don't sleep, right? So mm -hmm. now we're like here and we're like kind of settled. So now I feel like I get to use a retrograde energy to do like the more internal work, which for me now is actually just like inside of my house. Like I have to redo the kitchen here. I have to like swap out the bathroom fixtures. We have to finish furnishing, you know what I mean? So I get to now, instead of literally doing work across the entire country, just mm -hmm. be kind of like more focused and like, just like a little mellower. And like, I'm gonna let Saturn get in the way and stop me when I try to rush things, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I feel grateful for it, to be honest, because I'm, fucking exhausted from everything I've been doing in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. How about you? How's it been? I mean, it's fine. Everything's fine. Nothing's real. Um, <laughs> I, I just, um, I mean, I just have a lot of work and a lot of projects and I definitely don't have time for all of them or I can't keep track of all of them. And I'm just sort of like running myself down, which is like probably anti-Mars RX journey. Um, 
hopefully there'll be a little pause soon. Um, I feel like there's a pause coming, but I just can't see its full shape yet. Um, And, but I do feel like it's like the exhaustive nature is around me. Like I feel, you know, it's like when you, it's like, it's like, it's like when you're at summer camp and you know there's going to be like six activities that day, but you can't just, you can't like imagine getting from the bench to the court. Like you're just like, oh God, like mm-hmm. we're going to, why are we doing that? Like I still have to catch six more bees in plastic cups. Um, <laughs> before <I go>. You <laughs> went to you a know? weird summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Jewish summer camp. Mm. Like, can I tell you about this? I don't know if you did. Um, Um, I really wanted to spend summer camp time, like when I was in seventh grade or so, like around those years with a friend of mine, um, who was a little bit more religious than me. Mm -hmm. And, um, she was going to Jewish summer camp. Plus it would be free if I went because like religion. And, um, so my mom signed me up to go and it was like a day camp where you would leave at the like break of dawn and Mm -hmm. get back in the evening. Um, cause I wasn't allowed to have sleepovers because I'm Russian and, um, yeah. And then basically like, but it was like religious and you had to wear like a skirt and like, um, like you couldn't wear like a tank top. Um, but you really were supposed to be wearing things that were long, like mm-hmm. covering your sensual areas, like your knees and your elbows, you know? And, um, in the summer. I, yeah, I didn't have those things, as you might imagine, because even as a child, I was a slut, and, and I was born one, and <laughs> I, my first day at summer camp, I showed up with, like, this, like, tiny little, like, like, like girl cut tee, you know, mm-hmm. like, the kind of kind of real t-shirt um, that was made from, like, a, like, a soft jersey fabric that had just come out on the market, you know what I mean? Like, it was, oh, like, yeah. that kind of cling fabric that, like, yep. showed every angle of my like hard cut bra that had nothing in it and um (laughs) and then I was wearing so it was like this like bright neon yellow girl cut jersey t-shirt that had like tommy girl across the front of course and then um and then this like tiny shiny like pleather mini skirt (laughs) okay (laughs) And my camp counselor pulled me aside and was like, this is like deeply inappropriate. That's a deeply inappropriate outfit for this camp. And I looked at her. I was like, I was like the proletariat, you know. Um, I looked at her and I was like, are you going to buy me a new skirt? (laughs) 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 This is all I have. You know, what did she say? She just was like, oh, okay. And she just sent me back and they never bothered me again. <laughs> That's amazing. The power, the power of, of middle school gala. I know. It's like, this is like where my Libra Mars like and Mercury really shine is like, like moments of like, where I'm like, this is unjust. Let me tell you how, like, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm also slightly bad about it. Like I, this is really important is that I'm going to diplomatically say something to you that'll make you feel bad. <laughs> like, I'm going to make you feel bad without making me look like a bitch. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. My, it's a Libra power. I've really tuned into it in my older years, you know? Yeah. I know. I know about that Libra power. Can't argue with it. <laughs> 
I'm like, what? it seems like you are being classist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm mistaken. I don't know. Who knows? I am just uh, an I'm immigrant just child. Yeah, I'm just a child suffering. What are you, an adult? Are you judging me? Um, so <laughs> that's wild. Cool for you. Um, mm. Anyway, yeah, that's the kind of camp I went to. So now yeah. you know. <laughs> now I know. It's so nice to know. I mean, do you think I the can... Virgos, Virgo placements like summer camp? Yeah, I the do. The schedule, the sorting, the camp, the... I just love making new friends and never talking to them again <laughs> after two years. There's also like the just kind of, you know, I think about like the back to school energy. There is that yeah. like fastidiousness that does happen, which, you know, partly comes from like agrarian societies and harvesting right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah well but <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh, sure of course let me label myself well, let it, me label it, you, you know? let me make some piles you know i've been really getting into it this month it's been it's perfect for like moving and unpacking to be honest mm -hmm. yeah Is that for you well you know i'm just trying to find find that joy <laughs> Have you found it? Let me know when you find it, the joy. I found pockets of it. You know who's really found the joy? Our pets. Um, you cats. <laughs> My cat and Jenny's dog are like, now that they realize that they don't have to get back into a car again, because, you know, we did spend a week, <laughs> a week in a car with a cat and a dog, which, yeah. by the way, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Homewood Suites, affordable. They have a kitchenette with a full fridge, freezer, and a stove. And they allow pets. Okay, take it from a Virgo moon right here, right yeah. now. Yeah, if you're if you're traveling cross country with pets, I recommend it because it turns out that Airbnbs that allow you to bring pets are often gross. It's also just like a bad Airbnb time. That's another thing. It's like sus. Yeah, for sure. Like I love sus. Like I had an Airbnb out of my apartment that I moved into. Like it was set up that way. Mm -hmm. And like, they had to shut it down. Like, there's like what you know, not safe. <laughs> no, no. But after the first red roof inn that we stayed in in Clearf Clearfield, Pennsylvania, um, it became very clear that that was a mistake as well. Why was the red roof? Why was the red roof inn a mistake? It was largely under construction. Do you remember the Ten Animal song, Red Roof Inn? Keep no. Okay. I don't know that. Was that the only place a bitch could bring animal because they're pet friendly? <laughs> <laughs> what a good joke. You're really oh. Yeah, you won't. Okay, what happened at the Red Roof Inn or the RRR or the R? RRI? Um, it was just like very scary. Um, most It was mostly populated by unmasked men in hunting garb with large knives on their belts. But it was just like scuzzy and creepy and it was like a non-smoking room that clearly had been smoked in. It just like, it just had a vibe. It was like creep, creepy. It was not okay. Also, I have this experience now. Do you get confused when you see people smoking regular cigarettes anymore? No, now all the kids are vaping. Yeah, Maybe which people. like, I don't know that that's better. <laughs> no, I, I for sure don't actually. I think it's worse. Um, I think it's worse for you. Well, um, there's there's no way to. I feel like with 
with smoking cigarettes, you you actually were able to accurately track how much you were taking it at one time? Yeah, I think that um, with vaping, you can track how many boxes of refills you've used. But sure. um, I guess, and you know, whatever we can, I don't want to sound too much like like a, like a judgmental Judy or whatever. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not something that I have to work through. Um, so I can't, I don't know what the experience is, even if we're going to go beyond the body of or what we think harms the body, right. quote unquote, I would say that it's like, it's definitely like a tool to keep like one more thing that keeps you from like being inside yourself and like being aware of like what you're feeling. Right. Cause that's also like an anxiety tick. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there is something there about distress tolerance. Right. And yeah. like, and, and the fact that like most, if not many of us like need to be working on expanding that especially mm-hmm. in this world with so many stressors and so much anxiety and so many like, easily accessible compulsive behaviors. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's even okay for me to use the term compulsive, but um, like re- reflexive, right? And and kind of like subconscious reactive behaviors, you know, going back to internet and social media and things like that. Mm-hmm. And and with vaping versus smoking, there is this, um, my friend Scott, used my mentor used to, talk about uh removing the friction right like there's less effort that has to go into it therefore Mm -hmm. it's easier to do more and more without thinking about it Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like i just think that yeah you're right it's i mean this is just like going back to what we're talking about with technology as we just keep thinking about our friend saturn and it's like final drags Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) um but I think that it's like any time that the friction from your lived experience is removed, you have to be suspicious of like who benefits from it. Right. And and I think, yeah, that feeds so effortlessly into tech and into like so many of these apps that are like super damaging and harmful to the environment and to the service people who are like, you know, employed by like I'm thinking about like, delivery services yeah i'm thinking about amazon prime i'm thinking about grubhub i'm thinking about seamless like all these ways where you remove the friction on your end but then like how much are you adding on the other end to the people who are fulfilling Mm -hmm. these needs or desires for you Mm -hmm. like it doesn't the thing is like we know that we know that like in combustion like energy doesn't disappear you know it's what I mean? never made or destroyed. It's Just never cheap. made. Exactly. So all we're doing is taking the effort that you would have to put forth and mm-hmm. loading it onto somebody else and just passing it down the chain, right? Well, we now covered the only thing that I know about science. <laughs> <laughs> no more science talk for today, Rose. We've covered the one branch I've got, which oh. is... <laughs> Like me lying around feeling exhausted going, energy is never made or destroyed. <laughs> but it's true. It's just transferred. It's transmuted, you know? Um, and I think that, I think that what we're seeing now with the widespread ecological disaster is kind of like the, um, the reckoning of that, of all of these conveniences where we thought that the effort disappeared. 
I mean, continuously, right? You yeah. know, the there's like it, the effort to move to Mars is real. Do you know about that? It's real. I mean, they're really, it's like, it's like on NASA, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like that's on NASA. <laughs> like, that's not even like. But didn't Elon NASA get like, defunded? <laughs> you know, good question. But Elon Musk is like well funded. Right. It's true. So because he's from diamond like money, whole, isn't he? What? He's from some kind of mining money. Like he's literally I mean, like now beyond what he's from because it's what he's like what he's made of his money. It's gotten so exponential at this point that it's all it's like old and new and everything in between. Yeah. But um, he really believes in uh, a mission to Mars. I was reading about it because I was like maybe going to use it information in like corporate job world um whatever but i was like oh let me just look this up and i was like oh they really want to do this and like he was sort of like well we're gonna have need somewhere to go once we fuck this up and i was like no that's so (laughs) bad but it's also like speaking of virgo things and virgos when they're not doing well um just this idea of like abandoning the mess that you made or like ignoring the mess in your own life to try to like do something new or fix something else that like, then that will be a reflection of you and your ability to fix things. So nobody will look at the fact that like you, you're fucking living in a sty. Oh yeah. Well, Virgo, it's sort of like, it's one or the other. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's a complicated thing. Obviously we're talking about like kind of archetypical or like pattern behaviors. Right. So it's like, if you're Virgo and like, you're like, no, you're like, I'm like, okay, yeah, like, let's look at your natal chart, but, but like, in general, I feel like it's one, it's like one, or like, what's that American idiom, like, one half the dozen of the, oh, six, six (laughs) eggs in one hand, half a dozen in the other, yeah, I think it's like shorter than that, like, I think it's six in one hand, half dozen in the other, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, But it's like, I feel like either Virgo can't deal with the big life thing, right? The big life thing, some big looming life thing. They can't look it squarely in the face. It has a lot to do with the same thing I was talking about with the like, the kind of like running yourself down, like with your body, like whatever it is that's Mm -hmm. happening in the big way that's like right there on their head. They're like, I can't look at that. So then they are working on like seven inconsequential projects that like ultimately they might abandon. Focus like they're just the like, details. they're going to fix a typewriter. They're going to like restring a guitar. Like they've got like seven little things going. Meanwhile, like they really just need to like schedule that third surgery. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like something that's like really like the big thing. They need you know, to like go get can't... that root canal because I've got an abscess and instead they're like trying an Ayurvedic diet or like yeah, yeah, doing yeah, a new yeah, skin yeah. Just, product. Like, yeah. Um, and then the other version with the idiom in mind is the one where they're like so subsumed by the big thing. Right. And they're like, and they're making that big thing run like a dream. Right. Yeah. So they're like the MVP of that big thing. If Best it's a project. managers. But then, it, but then you go over and you're just like, this is, are you okay? You're like, <laughs> you there's know? half a two week old sandwich in your top dresser, like your top drawer. And they're like, I'm desk. fantastic. Yeah, I've like, never what's been happening? Like, there's mice you, like, under find your out desk. They left their car somewhere. They don't know where it is. You yeah. know, they're like, <laughs> they were like, I was drunk one night. I didn't drive. Now I don't know where it is. Like, 
They're like, but I'm definitely here for the presentation, you know? I've got two different shoes on and it's not on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I love them so much. I mean, for sure, you know? I think that, like, I think that a Virgo that's, like, doing the work, you know, like, really cognizant of all the things that bring them into detriment and, like, doing the work on themselves are just some of the most um, relieving people to be around. Oh, my God, yeah. You know? Like, I think that I can – I can't count. I can't count the number of times I've met a Virgo in a space – and like felt better about being there. Yeah. Just been like, oh, okay, I'm glad you're here. Like I can talk to you, you know, yeah. like there, there's just something there. There is a way where they they can be a little bit of like, um, like in a, in a swirl of chaos, they can be a kind of like steadying vibe. Like if you mm-hmm. walk into a place and you're overwhelmed and then you see your one Virgo friend and they're like, this is the only cocktail that's good here. And I found this one table outside, like, let's go dish, you know? And you're like, thank fucking God. Yeah. It's like, what you don't know is that they're the chaos, you know, but it looks <laughs> like, but it's like secret. Right. And like on the outside, they're so comfortable in the chaos that you're like, you're uncomfortable. Like you're like you, maybe mm-hmm. you're also comfortable, but like, say you are uncomfortable in the chaos you walk in you see someone who's just like real chill. They're like, Hey, welcome to the group. Yeah. Wild night here. Like there here's the best cocktail. I totally want to know more about you. Let's go to a quiet spot. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah. yeah. I just I just wonder in a way. There isn't a way where like when a Virgo is doing well, they're able to like step in and like absorb that chaos and then spit mm-hmm. out something, like respirate something that actually makes sense, you know, in this way, like how mushrooms fucking eat plastic and spit them out, or like how plants literally take in our carbon monoxide or dioxide, we breathe out dioxide and then give us oxygen, you know, like, is there a way where like they somewhere within them, they understand. And there's also that pleasure at like teasing apart a giant knot. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. To sort through I, and sift through and kind of get in there, and where you're like, oh my god, you're like a HEPA filter for chaos. <laughs> oh my god, that is um, the meme. Um, <laughs> but I do, <laughs> um, I I agree with you completely, and I think that's definitely part of the reason that I often feel so much gratitude for encountering Virgos in the wild. You know, mm-hmm. I think that I sense chaos mm-hmm. even when it's spirit right so i can sense it yeah. and i'm just like i mean it depends on the chaos like if yeah. it's like you know kali style like you know like i'm just like let's go surrender yeah. but if it's sort of like unmanaged like stupidity chaos then i'm kind of like okay i gotta get out of here you know like there's there's like too too many jet skis here. There's a and... difference between reckoning and mismanagement, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that like for like a Virgo will always pop out of the corner of a mismanagement zone and be like, "Listen, it doesn't look like I'm on it, but I'm actually on it. And I'm on it with my mind. I'm not going to change anything, but I can tell you what needs to be changed, and that's going to make you feel better." Yeah, <laughs> and then like true. it does make me feel better just to know what needs to be changed. You're right, you know. But 
it's like, you know, there's plenty of people in the world who just want to be a little foot soldier, who just like need somebody who like sees everything that's wrong and can tell them and can delegate, you know, mm-hmm. which is why I think like middle management is sometimes a great place for Virgo, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to absorb all the chaos around them and then see everything that needs to be fixed. And then as long as people respect them and they have the authority to delegate in that way. That's why it's a bad place for Virgo also. Yeah, it's terrible they place. Forget what they deserve, right? They'll yeah. just like fucking give everything away. Yeah. And then they're like, and then, you know, somebody who's done like a third of the work they have will get like a promotion and they'll just have like a total fucking meltdown. Yeah, yeah it's true. I mean, yeah, you, you have to be with somebody. I mean, Virgos need somebody who's going to really value and appreciate their skill and their weaknesses and and all the in-between, you know? And honestly, there's so much to appreciate, you know? So it's just like, I mean, but a part of it too, right, then becomes like Virgos need to like see themselves outside of of like what they offer. Like they can't keep getting their worth from like being appreciated, right? Because it's like... Also, you know, it's like you learn over time, like as you go through multiple relationships, especially if you don't just like stay in one relationship your whole life, but if you've like gone through many, that like appreciation like just looks really different on every person. Totally. And if you mark, you know, what you think is being appreciated by how you would express appreciation, you're going to feel unappreciated a great deal. Or if you... Unless you're dating yourself. (laughs) Yeah, or yeah, totally. Or if you, you know, wait, wait for people to notice the work that you've done instead of actually claiming it, you know, and being proud of it. Yeah. You might find that people aren't mind readers and their reality is more centered on their own doing goings on than on like the fact that you switched, you know, the cabinet doors and made them, you know, less creaky. True. That's true. Right. And that's a, again, the problem. I, I feel bad that I keep bringing Virgos back to management because there's so much more than that, but you know, the mark of a good manager is that nobody notices it's that things are running smoothly. People only notice when you're doing a bad job, you know? And I think that that is the struggle. And I also think that like giving some of that care and devotion back to yourself is like really really important and often very difficult for virgos you know yeah 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 especially with like the perfectionist streak where it's like well you're actually never going to get there so like are you going to keep devaluing and undervaluing yourself because you have an impossible goal or are you going to appreciate the excellence that you bring because your aim is so high yeah, but I mean, I think there's so, there's such a, I mean, it's just so difficult if you're working with a lot of the corporate or like capitalist culture that we're in, you know, yeah. it's like, if you really want your work to be valued and your work to be a reflection of like your worth, but like you're giving your work and your time and your worth away to something that ultimately you probably don't respect, mm-hmm. actually, no judgment. I'm saying like, if that's what you're up to, then like, you're going to find that what happens is you're in a culture where like, you're not necessarily going to be seen for your humanity. You're going to be seen for your product. And like, you're not going to get the same reciprocity and emotional care that you might be putting into a project, treating it like it sees your humanity and like, it's a part of your life, you know? So I think that like Virgos and cancers and like, 
I mean, who else has sort of like mom complexes? Like, I mean, Pisces can, but not always. No, Virgos and Cancers really do this. They like really give themselves a lot to like their job sometimes. Actually, you and, know who else does it is Capricorns sometimes. Yeah. Actually, you know, it's, it's a different energy behind it, but mm-hmm. they will give and give and give when they have nothing left. And capitalism will happily extract that without reciprocating. Yeah, and then it's like, I think that, you know, I mean, but I think that Capricorns can at a certain level be like, I know my worth and just like, yeah. and it's, it's earlier. But with yeah. Cancers and Virgos, like, it takes it takes them a really long time, if ever, to actually be like, I'm not going to get, like, I'm not going to get reciprocity for this. So either I scale down the labor or I change the, or I change where I'm at, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and often they can't scale down because, you know, almost because they want to give their best because it's like become their family yeah it's a point of pride mm-hmm. yeah Oof. so i don't know if you're out there just like you know especially i feel like this is really pertinent and like in the virgo journey and the mars rx journey too you know mm. especially with the saturn squares i i see so many people that i love um getting really worn down and depleted right away right like they've just yeah. started like their new jobs their new positions they're renewed positions whatever and of course it's just like how can I keep doing this I can't like looking forward into the dark tunnel and it's like just you know this is like my PSA where it's like don't let them make you forget the moment that you're living in yeah like don't let them make you forget the moment they're gonna keep even the good ones even the people you think are family are gonna keep making you act as if you are not living through the burning down of a particular world that we've built together. Yeah. For better or for worse, this world that we've built together is also like a world that we should be ashamed that we built together, you know? Yeah. And like, but they're gonna make you act as if you are living in an old world. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually not true. This is a major shift that's happening right now. It's been happening slowly, but now it is a tectonic shift. Yeah. And like the more you get down on yourself for like not being fast enough, not being on deadline, not getting enough product out there, like not getting enough content going, not, you know, not being creative enough. It's like, what? <laughs> like there's just like hundreds of thousands of people losing their homes, <laughs> you know, like the yeah. world's on fire. Yeah. The world's on fire. We've got no economic relief. The pandemic is raging. We're doing like the worst job of any developed country. But also in Europe, shit's getting shut down again. You know, it's just like nobody has anything figured out. Yeah, Sweden practiced herd immunity. You thought Sweden was, you know, smart because of their furniture, but you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) India, in India, nearly a million people have died. It's, you know, it's just, it's okay. You don't have to work on your PowerPoint. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's laughable <laughs> to try to do anything beyond like basic survival to me. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's wild. And it's wild for anybody to expect you to take like whatever bullshit job seriously. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, here's the thing it's totally real that you might have to. 
Like, it's totally real that you might have to be paying somebody's medical bills, your kids, like, whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's totally real that you have to take whatever job you get, etc. But don't let them have you believing that you need to be in some better state than you feel. Because yeah. it's just not true. It's okay to fall apart. We should all be falling apart right now, honestly. Like, I seriously doubt, um, I doubt the humanity of any person who is totally okay right now. Like, I'm just like, so you just are totally cool with this level of suffering? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like... I mean, that means it's not here, right? They're just, they're just yeah. actually completely outside of the reality, yeah. you know? They're just like hanging out with like Putin. <laughs> There's any number. Bolsonaro and Brazil. Like it's yeah. it's real. Be a little easy on yourself if you can, darling Virgos. Mm-hmm. Learn how to be. You got to learn how to be. It's true. And I mean, it's like, you know, all the little mutable babies, they're yeah. just like, they feel it, right? Like they attune to like I mean that's their great gift and the curse right yeah it's a real curse in times like these to be that tuned in and adaptable to like whatever's around you to not just Mm -hmm. be like I'm fixed this is what I do or I'm cardinal and I'm just gonna get things going like you're like I'm mutable I feel the world and then I respond in kind Mm-hmm. And it's also like, I'm mutable. I feel the world. I respond in kind. I'm mutable. I collect information mm-hmm. and like make use of it. And it's like, what, what are you collecting? What are you feeling? You know, like what the fuck? Yeah. What are you going to do? Little mushroom babies. Yeah. Hmm. Eat this plastic. Yeah. There's a lot of plastic. There's too much plastic to eat for them right now. I think. Don't you think? Oh, I know. Hmm. Do we need a little cheer? Yeah, I do need cheer. Do you have some for me? I mean, my cheer, I think, is also your cheer, which has been our cheer for the last couple of weeks, and that was Niecy Nash's surprise lesbian wedding to Jessica Betts. Oh, yeah, my Niecy Nash, like, stan account now. The <laughs> <laughs> like cross-posting it. Yeah. One way, other way, one way, other way. I don't have a lot of information. I don't have a lot to say except, like, girl, you are 50 and you look amazing and so fucking happy, and I'm so happy for you. Welcome to the Yeah, family. they've, like, found a great love. Um, it's really important that her wife um, plays the guitar that's valuable um, <laughs> and they like sing little songs together that's really important um, I want to just like point out that Nisi Nash did not just like ha- like like she didn't just like gay Mary she like lesbian Mary yeah, I mean like did. that's not how she identifies maybe but just like the vibe the vibe of being is like deeply sapphic <laughs> there's yes. just a lot of sapphic vibes on the um on the horizon there i actually got the news when i was in fire island i was staying with our mutual friend ashley yeah. your um, girlfriend's ex yep and i'm just saying it for the audience and <laughs> um <laughs> So I was um, out on Fire Island with your girlfriend's ex and my current lover and his ex from a long time ago um, who lives by a marsh and sees no one. So she was really safe um, and not exposed to anything. But anyway, 
when we saw when I saw the Nisi Nash news, I shared it with Ashley, and she like maybe had a little bit of a meltdown. Like it was kind of amazing. <laughs> like I'm not talking the internet speak where someone says I'm screaming, but they're not. They're just sitting there like writing I'm screaming. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about like Ashley literally just like yelling and then reporting that her body had started to go cold and she was intensely sweating. Um, and that this, and that like Nisi Nash is one of her like first crushes, like, like, like a root. And, um, and basically just saying that hearing the news triggered in her some intense, like quick, fear or feeling that she needed to get married right away <laughs> well we can't keep going down this road no we sure can't um but i'm very happy about that and speaking of mushrooms and mycelium i did want to give a quick shout out um to a dyke writer who's not a virgo she's a libra but bet williams just put out a psychedelic memoir called the wild kindness a psilocybin odyssey that is like if Liz Fair and Hunter S. Thompson like had a kid and wrote a book about um, discovering themselves in mushrooms. But um, I don't know. It's a really great read. It made me feel hopeful in a way that wasn't didn't feel naive, but that felt like it could hold the the wholeness and expansiveness of the widespread. Um, destruction and calamity while also understanding that there have been worlds outside of worlds being built since the beginning of time and those will continue to be built um yeah and she's a friend and it's a great book so if you are a psychedelic dyke i encourage you to find it and check it out it's actually just a psychedelic stan account now rose <gasps> can you sing liz fair's polyester bride to like to the tune of silas and bride <laughs> I was reading 14 years ago a book by a dyke that I didn't know one day I'd know. This is a terrible <laughs> song. Do you, you want to be that. a psilocybin bride? Keep Do you want to take that. mushrooms and cry? Do you want to <laughs> offer tobacco and copal at your altar and sing the songs of Marie Sabina? Uh -uh. That's all I got. <laughs> I think that was fantastic. I'm blushing. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, the levity I was needing. That oh was yeah. it. We got it. But yeah. So what's the moral? Um, follow Nisi Nash if you need a little like pick me up. Be nice totally. to yourself. Yeah. Read a book. Nisi Nash is a Pisces, I think. Oh, Maybe. mutable. Hi. Mm -hmm. You can tell though, but that's a, that's a Pisces face if I've ever seen one. Yeah, and those baby doll eyes. Like, that yeah. Kind of like close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fish, but like, cute, a cute yeah. fish, a babe fish. You know. Um, God, is there anything else that you need to tell the world? God, what else could I possibly tell the world? Okay, I have something. Okay. Uh, and I can give you more info in a couple of days in case it changes and you just delete it out. Okay. So one thing I can tell the world for now. Um, is that maybe I'm going to do a little t-shirt fundraiser oh. where you submit a, um, a t-shirt design and then if this place likes it, Emulsion Prints, um, they will sell the print and all proceeds will go to whoever you want. Um, and I 
um, fake designed this t-shirt. Um, I fake designed a shirt on the internet um, that I imagined I would send as a baby gift to my ex who recently just had a baby. Whoa. Congratulations. Um, and um, it, it said, um, America is over if you want it. Oh. And um, Cool. But then, but then um, my adult friends, when I they, they saw me post this, was like, I would wear that. So um, I submitted it. And hopefully I'll go through the process. And if that's, if it works out, um, you guys, everyone who's listening and um, wants to can buy a shirt that says America is over if you want it. I want and, that shirt. Um, <laughs> and I want, I would want the, um, the money to, I mean, what I looked up at the moment um, was uh, COVID relief for mm-hmm. like um, Lakota nations and Aguala. Yeah, but um, it just depends on if I can find a steady a place where those donations can go. Cool. Um, cool. So that would be my uh, my little plug. I'm also hi everybody. I um, I'm a fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Very cool. Um, my books are back open. You can book a session with me. It'd be fun. Their sliding scale now. I switch to sliding scale, and I also I'm doing two two sessions a month for folks who are struggling financially, and I'm prioritizing queer and trans BIPOC folks. So let me know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find out what's going on. Yeah. Why you can't stop fixing things? Can't stop fixing things. Well, Gala, okay. what do you think? Should we let the kids go? Yeah, I love you. Big Dyke Energy was mixed and recorded by Rose Blakelock and features original music by Knight of Cups. No trivia today, because I'm too damn tired. Take it easy, y'all.